everybody, and welcome to a casual side quest. Here we're going to be doing a review of a game called Squidlet, a fun squid platformer game that came out for Steam uh, back in 2018, and it came out uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, for the Nintendo Switch on January 14th. So we were given a uh, copy, thank you to the generosity of Super Squidlet, and uh, man, Nick and I uh, both decided that we were going to play it because uh, it looked interesting as heck. Uh, I got to play it on the Nintendo Switch. Nick, you got to play it on the PC, correct? Yes, I uh, got it via Steam. Oh, Steam. Oh, pardon me. Well, uh, thankfully, it hasn't fallen victim to the uh, the epic uh, store idea of being exclusive to that. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Competition's healthy. Competition is very healthy. So, before we started, uh, I did want to give a brief history, if I could. This is actually uh, by Alex herself, I believe uh, she is the uh, main developer of this game, if not the sole developer of this game. Uh, she might have had some help with uh, her wife, but the uh, the history that was on the website was Squidlet was started by Alex while her wife Samantha was in college for game art and design. Alex loves invertebrates and has a degree in aquarium science. In the beginning, it was a small project that Alex did, primarily on her own, to teach herself how to code and make music on a Game Boy, which is awesome. Uh, once Squidlet was fully released, we decided to create our company, Squidlet Inc. LLC, uh, limited liability, I believe, uh, to design our own games we tag as Retro Recreations, with Squidlet acting as our first title. We look forward for exploring the past of video gaming alongside you as we seek to entertain you with our old school squishy fun. And that was uh, verbatim, according to their website. So, Nick, uh, these pe well, this person, Alex, uh, decided that uh, while her wife was in college, uh, who was making or getting a degree in game art and design, Alex uh, herself was working on this game in Tangent. Right. Um, which is interesting, especially because we both played the game and looking at the game art, um, it just seemed like this is something that, you know, they wanted to do and that naturally evolved, but I think it came out at quite... A lucrative time. Uh, as in March 2nd, 2018, when it first came out? Uh, uh just in general. Yeah, I mean, you could argue uh, the, the trend for nostalgia maybe started around there, or maybe a little bit before. Um, right. And so, I, I feel like it it just happenstance, came, it came out at a good time, and so there's just gonna be, you know, just natural drawn interest towards it. And as a person who loves, you know, I admit... I, uh, I started on the Game Boy Color. That was my first Game Boy console, or first game console. And playing those kind of retro games, you know, starting off with Pokemon, starting off with Link's Awakening and all that stuff from Nintendo, uh, it definitely has that kind of vibe, and I really enjoy that. So the fact that they were able to go almost a step further to give it legitimate, like, it legit feels like a game that belongs on the Game Boy, it feels like a natural fit honestly it feels like they hit the right point when they wanted to hit that goal yeah um uh, before we go into like uh, you know we'll touch on a lot of these uh points but it, it took me a while for it to click but I, when i first launched the game i'm like huh i wonder if there was any like design or aesthetic reason they picked just the one shade and then i'm like yes but the game boy color didn't have color screens and so if that's kind of the kind of feel that they're going for, it makes sense that they'd recreate it in this kind of like one grayscale, like one, like a monotone scale of colors all around. So I'm like... You mean the, the original Game Boy? Yeah, the original Game Boy. 
I'm gonna say I hope that Game Boy Color had Game Boy. Sorry, colors. yeah, no, yeah, no, I'm, it's okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, joshing it. <laughs> yeah, the original Game Boy, you know, it was just you know black and white. To put it uh, like simply, it was just very grayscale, very uh, uh, monochrome, and so it's cool that they took that, but with one kind of like shade, and then they just messed around with it and gave it that feel. The original Game Boy, uh, if you ever messed with one, does have this shade of yellowish green to the games. Uh, and I think that's exactly what they wanted to do when it came to the tint. Now, I'm not sure if it was like this for you on the PC. For me on the Switch, they also added a bunch of little uh, nibbly knobs uh, around yep. the screen that you can mess with. Uh, I changed the, the tint on it. Maybe if you want to you know, mess with uh, different buttons and designs. I had a kick out of that. You know, They legit wanted to go for the retro feel. Yep. So this came out. It's on PC and Switch uh, in US dollars. Currently, $2.00. Pretty good price. I agree. Um, two thirty Canadian. So you know it's a two dollar game, and uh, with that it comes uh, with almost a different, completely, completely different experience from what I've seen so far. And uh, when I first looked at it, and this was before I looked anything up, I, the first thing I always wanted to do is avoid looking at reviews or anybody talking about the game. Because uh, that stuff is scary, didn't want to be biased or whatnot, and when I completed the game, the first thing I thought was like, this has to be a, a passion project. Like, this was somebody's, clearly their, maybe not first game, but one of the first games that they made. Because there's a lot of people out there that made their first game, and it turns out to be like one of those uh, silly, barely finished projects that get played by Markiplier on YouTube as a kind of a joke. This is polished, and it was a a passion project that I thought uh, got quite a bit of completion. What are your thoughts there? Um, I agree because here we're looking at where the, you know, where the possible motivation is, uh, in terms of like, it, it it's a game that somebody was just genuinely interested in making. It wasn't a game that somebody was making to get famous and make money. Which is why sure. there's so much effort put into like so many like there's even, you know, uh, there, there's so many details uh, that you wouldn't think that somebody would put into a game like this, um, especially if it's their first game. Absolutely. Like, we think of uh, one man, or I guess in this case, uh, one woman teams that, you know, they have to make everything. They have to make the coding, they have to make the graphics, they have to make the sounds. And by far, one of my favorite things that I got to enjoy with this game is the sounds, the music. Holy crap, the music in this game. <laughs> I agree. I can't, uh, even though I played it this week, I can't remember where exactly it is um, in the game, but there's one place where the soundtrack was just, it was a banger. And it felt old. Like, it felt familiar. Like, it felt, you know, like it was like uh, I was playing Pokemon Yellow again, kind of. And for me, it felt like it was uh, almost like a Castlevania-style tune to it. Uh, just down to the aesthetics, especially, like... When you go into, uh, I think uh, the character's name is Squib Squab's uh, lair, the the science lab that had like some Mega Man esque music to it, and uh, just you know, fun fact for everybody: the original Game Boy hosted what is called the Game Boy Sound System, and it was a four bit wave channel that you know it could hold a simple tune as one could possibly imagine, and it had the same audio capacity as the the Nintendo Entertainment System which was, again, fairly simple. Most uh, things were two-track, maybe three-track at the very most. And so the simple tunes we knew from Nintendo's classics were compact and quaint. But for a Game Boy game, uh, 
they lacked memory space and the songs were very short and heavily looped. Right. Squidward was a little bit different though. As it turns out, 2018 treated memory a little bit nicer. Just a little and, bit. Uh, um, just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. And so uh, Alex and, or, you know, the Squidlet Inc. Limited Liability, if uh, we're, we're going to go with uh, that detail, they were uh, able to make not only uh, the style of music, they are able to do it, I believe, in a slightly higher bit. I feel like it might have been at least uh, 8-bit, if not 16-bit. Could be wrong, but the quality of it was uh, much nicer. Not only were they able to make longer tracks instead of just looping like the same uh, 16, 32 seconds, it felt like uh, it continued almost for a minute, if not longer. And the quality, like, I can only imagine how much time they spent making each one of these tracks. And granted, the game isn't the longest. Uh, the the music felt fitting for each uh, scene that they're working with. And I got a kick out of it. Uh, putting in headphones, popping it into uh, the Switch, and uh, giving it a shot while I was driving. Not not when I was driving, mind you. When I was oh, okay. in a ooh, truck. Ooh, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes um, I need the thrill, you know? It's like, what better way to get a <laughs> kick out of a game while, you know, driving while playing the Switch? Whoops. Uh, but yeah, when I was, you know, in motion between stops at work, listening to this game took me out of the environment entirely. I was in tune with the style of music that they had to offer and 100% loved it. Like, it was so good. It's like, man... If somebody, you know, if one person can work and make this music, it almost inspired me to want to make my own. I was like, I want to make this kind of music. Like, this this is amazing. I want more of this kind of stuff. And it reminded me of a uh, more quaint version of Anamanaguchi. And have you heard of that band before, Nick? No, I have not. Anamanaguchi is a, uh, a band, if you will, uh, that they make their music strictly using like synth waves and all that stuff. So okay. it's almost like super heavy duty versions of 8 bit music. And while uh, what Squidlet had to offer wasn't like full on crazy songs like that, it had the same vibe and tune to it that made me adore it. It was very appreciative. I, I think it had a natural fit to a game that you would find on the Game Boy in the 80s. Um, yeah, the, I, the music is, I think, uh, was my favorite part of the game too. Um, yeah, I, I I have no more to add to to what you said. There's just so much. Um, there was there was a lot more depth to the music than there would be in a game from the time that these games were the norm, and right. that just increased the immersion, especially to what we're used to today. Like I've been talking about how much I've been playing The Witcher Three, and The Witcher Three pulls you in with the music and the narration, like the the narrative and the story, and all these different characters and side quests that build out your characters. Um, but then all of that comes from early game design principles on just simple things like music, making you feel in tune with the environment that you're in and being apt for the tone and what you're doing. And then that uh, these are the things that the foundations of what used to pull people into games. Um, games of this era, like a good example would be uh, Mario, Super Mario Brothers or let's say just the original Legend of Zelda. They usually only have three or four tunes at the very most, and most of them are iconic just because of the popularity of the games. But it was like of the same stigma, the same style, same quality. Right. And the fact uh, they're able to produce, you know, I don't even know how many songs this thing has, maybe five, six or so, and they're all bangers. I I will agree there. Um, I think it's it's been about four or five, but then also the difference is um, with 
the games that you mentioned, they were presented to you for a very different reason. They were presented to you on, you know, uh, either this is the first in a, in a series or we're going to take this forward in a series or this is a sequel. So this is the world we're building out. So the focus was never on the music. Uh, whereas here with Squidlet, I feel like we've just been given a um, uh, like it, it's just been a full package. It's just been a complete like experience as a whole. Right. Which makes sense why everything seems fitting, uh, which is again go- goes back to like why it all seems polished. We're not being uh, directed to one specific thing of the game. The the game's complete, which is rare to find nowadays because everything's in early access or beta or alpha. That is true. That is true. Nick, you're smiling at me with that that the beautiful smile of yours when you say that. Uh, so moving on from the sound, I mean the next big thing I can think of is uh, design. Uh, this is meant to be a I believe they termed it a, uh, shoot, sorry, a retro recreation. I mean, this is a platformer game. Yes. Uh, it's, I mean, it's as simple as you get. You jump, you move around, you want to ink something, you hit them right below you. And for that, I think the the controls themselves are fairly straightforward. Uh, when it comes to, like, the, the beginning, I'm going to say, like, maybe two-thirds of the levels, it's just a matter of running around, dodging enemies, and inking the hell out of them, and making sure that they get knocked out. And, uh, you know, traversing certain platforms had, you know, maybe minor difficulty at the very most, and uh, there was the boss fights that happened that changed the way things were working out. I think the boss fights were definitely a good, fresh uh, pace away from the, the platforming that it offered. Yeah, and they weren't uh, the standard, like, um, here's a boss, here's a health bar, you gotta ink this boss as many times, and then they'll go down. Because uh, as you're playing through the game, uh, usually most, all the enemies outside of the bosses, you just gotta hit them once with an ink blast. Right. Right. Uh, but when it came to, like, the bosses, like, for example, uh, I think it's called Grim War or something like that, the book... Uh, you had to dodge the book around while it flies around the thing. It's like, okay, that's normal. But then it opens it up, and you have to jump into it and ink up the pages in order to, uh, you know, stop it from unleashing right. hell on you. Right. I actually, uh, I, I actually forgot about the book, but the book was, honestly, it was probably my favorite boss fight. That was really cool. It was a really cool concept. Um, mm. It took me a while to figure out, because I was just, uh, you know, bouncing around for a few minutes. I'm like, how how, how do I how do I fight him? What do I do? Do I just avoid this forever? Um, I right. wanted to say about the platforming, uh, before we move on to, like, some of the other things. It made me miss platformers. Now, now, it's, not, now it's not that platformers don't exist, but it made me... I, I don't know what it was about. It was just... Um, it was so straightforward in its presentation, but it still had its own challenges. It wasn't the most difficult, no. But it was still... It felt fun. Just, just right. going through it. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I don't really have any way to articulate that better, but it really did feel fun. And it felt uh, comfortable. Um, but on the... Because I plugged in my I plugged in my controller uh, when I played right. this. Because it just made more sense. Because it was just two really? buttons. Um... um yeah, there's no. I'm not aiming. I'm not trying to shoot somebody in the head. I didn't need my mouse for it, so I'm like, all right, let's just plug in a controller. I will say it did feel weird. Next so going I feel, casual over here. Um, I feel like this might have been overall a better experience on a handheld device. I feel like I would agree, just given the way that the mechanics work. It was simple. I think a handheld would have suited it great. Honestly, if I had to choose, I probably would have said 3DS, but since the 3DS is dead in its grave, the yeah. Switch is the next best three. Uh, 
maybe on the PS4, but, you know, it's like PS4, the controller's like, eh. It just seems like the PS4 is overkill, but the Switch is just the right fit. It's simple, yeah. it's to the point. And um, to... My, my yeah, issue with that was because it's one of those things where, because uh, I'm playing on a monitor on my PC, I've, it, like, the resolution and so, and because I was so zoomed in and because it was all so big, it, it initially it felt a little disorienting because I mean, my character was bobbing around so quick and I'm like, it took me a while to, like, not a while, it took me a few seconds from, like, oh, okay, this is the speed at which he's gonna bob and stuff. So I feel like it might have been just a slightly better experience on a handheld. If you think about it, since this game was meant to be based off of something that would have gone on the Game Boy, yeah, uh, probably the smaller the screen and the closer to your face, the better. Uh, trying to blow it up to something of a larger size on, you know, like a TV or a computer screen probably felt almost surreal at that point. Yeah. And so, in terms of like the most natural fit that they were aiming for, I probably got the better deal out of that. Yeah, and I can totally like see them, you know, with whatever else they put out. Um, just having a good, a healthy like market, if they were going to keep to this style of games on like the Switch, because especially with the Switch Lite now, I can only imagine yeah. what more they might come out with. But yeah, it's just, um, it just felt a little disorienting because it was all blown up. But that was just, I, I even chalked up. It's not, it's not nothing they did wrong. It's just this is the style of game that even on an emulator, if it was all blown up, if it was in one of those older games, would not have like looked super great or felt super great to play. Right. And to the developer's uh, benefit, it they made it very clear that if there was any kind of seriousness that was tied to the story, they immediately cut any ropes that held that notion up and just let it drop into the inky ocean where it belongs. Because it's <laughs> like, the story's like, hi, you're Squidlet, you're in this uh, little town, uh, there's a bad person, you should probably go there. And, you know, they're like, you know, hi, I'm, you know, I'm this Squidlet, I'm just doing my job, don't mind me. You get outside the town, and it's like, hey, nothing personal, kid. This, you know, guy, uh, Squidlet looks like, uh, you know, with the eye patch and might as well be smoking a cigar and has a grizzled face and be a solid snake. Yeah, I could be going there and doing this job, but oh well, you know, good luck. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's fair. And it shows you, you know, the castle's way off in the distance, probably like a five day travel. And it's like, oh, you know, if you uh, defeat these enemies on the farm, I'll send you right there. It's like, yeah, they, like, the story's there, but it's almost comical, you know, it's like, eh, you know, they're just trying to have fun, you know, tie things yeah, together, yeah. let them do their thing. And while you're going in the air on this magic carpet looking thing, then you fight a flying shark, it's like, huh, A flying okay. shark snake that spits fire and acid. Very, actually killed me one time, uh, that one actually gave me the most trouble out of all the bosses. And it, I thought it was like a, uh predetermined in the way that it attacks and whatnot, but suddenly it just turned random when it got close to lower health, and I just kept having the dodge. I couldn't keep up with it. Just out of the blue! Flying yeah. shark snake! I'm like, okay, yeah, uh, this is it. It just seemed like it was a bunch of ideas made the, by the developer that they had to tie together in some shape or form. Like, what happens if they had to fight a flying shark <laughs> snake? Should I make the... No, probably have to fight... I'll just make them fly there. Yeah, sure, let's have a Galaga fight. Just out of the blue. It's like, okay... It was a it was a surprising change of pace, but it was fun because I I that was probably the most challenging thing of the game, and I'm like, oh okay, wow, okay, I really have to pay attention now, um, and then dodging and weaving and then shooting back, and that's the other thing about um, older games that I think we take for granted now a little bit. There was no feedback on the fact that we were damaging the boss. 
I didn't right. know if my shots were doing anything because I just kept shooting and kept hitting him, but it wasn't it doing was, anything. So I'm just the like, bullets okay. disappeared. So it's like, am I hurting it? Was there a weak spot? Like, right. there was no flashing, and you know, I, I kind of wish for that. Just like uh, some kind of sign that I'm doing something right. That would have been nice. Uh, but that kind of fight I enjoyed so much that it started making me think like just uh, doing horizontal shooting would have been fantastic for this game and now i understand your cute little squidlet you know you can only ink below you but it would have been cool if you could somehow ink like omnidirectional or at least a uh, four-way direction right right just well, i like mean mega man style or something yeah well i mean moving forward if they were to keep with like the same kind of like silliness and fun with their story what's stopping them yeah. from making like a mech suit that all the squidlets could get into that now all of a sudden they just had to sit in the head area and they could channel their ink through like a blaster in their arm so almost like a Kirby style thing where they uh, somehow fuse together like the the Squid Squad or something, something like that. Power Rangers, <laughs> Squidodon, <laughs> Squidosaurus Rex. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, and uh, you know, there's only one very notable character. Like there's a couple other ones that were here and there that you know kind of showed their appearance, but like the big baddie was Squid Squad. God Emperor. Which I legally have to say without, you know, risk being thrown into a prison because apparently that's how that works. And Squid Squad was an interesting character. I still don't know, like, the main, uh, you know, the reason. The The whole thing was uh, doing Grimoire was to find out why was Squid Squad causing mayhem in the first place? Uh, apparently they wanted to do something darkness, darkness. Oh, there's ink of the pages. I guess uh, you better stop them. I'm like... I honestly thought there was, like, a bad guy in the picture, or maybe Squidlet was the bad guy the whole time, and Squid Squad was trying to save it. Kind of like a Kirby's Nightmare in Dreamland style, where King Day Today stole the Star Rod so he could save the world, not hurt it. But you ink in a pot, you stop the potion, uh, the world starts raining ink for some reason, but everybody's happy, so it works out. And uh, it, it was it was funny. I, I like uh, the way that things worked. I almost felt like that the interactions when you talk to characters had uh, the Game Boy text vibes where it's like uh, sentences that were originally in Japanese, but they had to quickly translate it to English. So it was like I am error kind of situation from uh, the NES. Uh, the big example I thought was uh, there was a rebellious daughter who was uh, on the top of a tree. Uh, hence the rebellious saying, hey, my mom said not to climb trees. And I was like, why the heck are you up here then? Yeah, yeah, and then but, actually, actually, you can also find the mom on top of a tree later on. Yeah, she's also like, I told my daughter not to <laughs> climb trees, but here I am. I'm like, no, the, okay. the whole like, like the fact. What surprised me also and reminded me a lot of Pokemon was the fact that you could talk to just about everybody. Like, yeah, they're all interactable unless yeah, they wanted I, to hurt you. Yeah, I don't think there was anybody that wasn't interactable that was an NPC and just hanging out. Um, and some of the some of the interactions with some of the guards when Squid Squad's like, "Don't let any Squidlets in," and you're like, "All right," and you're like, "Are you a Squidlet?" No. All right. Cool. That was yeah, welcome. Those welcome those are my squad. God, favorite Slayer. moments in the fucking it, like it was my favorite moments in the game because they're just like it's so silly and I appreciated the simpleness of the silliness. Like. One moment you're playing a platformer trying to ink enemies by jumping over them and whatnot. There's a time where you're having a Galaga fight to the death with a flying shark snake. And suddenly there's like a moment where it's like, ha, you're barred entry or I need you to do something. It's RPG now. Suddenly I got text options. So it's like, okay, sure. It was <laughs> out of the blue. 
and uh, it, it was comical at uh, best and uh, cute at worst. And it's hard to say that worst thing of it is being cute. I think uh, it was pretty interesting. I uh, also wanted to note that this game had more enjoyable plot and dialogue than Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. And that game is... Super Mario Land's like an hour and 20 minutes to complete. However, uh, the one thing that I did have to the detriment to this, and uh, Nick, I understand that you might have uh, either countering opinions on this. The game to complete is a half hour long. Yeah, I took about 33 minutes, I think. I probably took 34 because I died once right. or, you know, twice. Also, well, the I health bar are muffins. Either. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not cooling out the fight. The no, actually, shots actually, me. no, actually, I'm lying. I died a couple of times with the boss, but only because uh, Squid I, also got me. Yeah, only because it took me a while to figure out what I had to do, and then when I figured it out, I had like half a muffin left, and I'm like, all right, let me just wipe, and then we'll just start over. Just uh, yeah, just call it and uh, take it right there. Plus, there's that little monster at the very bottom that just out of the blue. It's so like, cute. Honestly, that's my favorite thing in the entire game. That little, like, wiggly clay snake. It's super cute. Because you can ink it, but then it frees itself from the ink after, like, uh, like 10, 5 seconds or something. Um, and right. it's the cutest thing I've seen in a very long time. I love it. Why do the cutest things either want to murder or murder us? <laughs> um, gosh, I had something to say. I can't remember. Sure. Uh, but yeah, this game is half an hour long. I, I'm very upset by that. And... When I completed it that quickly, my first thought again was, this has to be a passion project because, you know, if, if they wanted to make it a full-on game in the long run, they probably would have taken more time to add more levels and all that stuff. But it's like, hey, I did this. I'm happy with it. Let's just release it. And that makes sense, right? Right. As you said earlier, you wanted, uh, you said that the developer probably did it because, you know, this was something that they enjoyed doing. They didn't, they weren't there for the money. It's a $2 game. I mean, they're not here for the money. So they released it as is. And for me as a gamer, that kind of left me frustrated because I am selfish. I want more. <laughs> No, I understand this that that makes sense. Uh, like, part of what I just remembered I was thinking about was that one fight, uh, not that one fight, that one part where you're navigating and you have to capture the books um, mm, because yes. there are books flying around. Um, this, is, this is where, like, I feel like, and we've had this conversation on, on the main show as well, where some of these things that modern gaming has given us that we take for granted and has made games a little easier in some ways. Um, I was like, crap, do I really got... Do I really have to travel all over the place and backtrack? Is there a fast travel option? Is there a map? Right. Do I know where I've been? Um, but we didn't have that in Pokemon, like in the you know earlier versions. Even, no, if even you were stuck, to some extent, you were we either have. a walkthrough or you were screwed. There was no internet back then. The really and like if if you're a lucky Nintendo hotline, and that costs money. <laughs> that costs so money. I I really did enjoy this game as a whole. Um, I, I understand, and it's the same thing, like, uh, yeah, no, I understand the frustration of uh, it not being longer, because, like, if you look at some of the games now, all all it is is just, like, live service games, and it's just content after content after content, and thing for you to do after thing for you to do, and we've just gotten used to that. Um, so I can't entirely blame anybody for being, you know, upset or frustrated by it, but as long as they're also able to, like, realize that, uh, or, or at least appreciate the game for what it is and realize that, right. you know, why it is this short to some extent, um, then I, I see nothing wrong with being frustrated about that. Um, the other thing I wanted to say when you talked about, like, the story and the quality of the story, 
Um, I will stick to this. I feel like this game has more quality of story than Sword and Shield. <laughs> the 30 minutes of story you get in this game makes more sense than a lot of things in Sword and Shield. What? Did you not like the fact that there wasn't a squidlet saying, hey, if you take one more step, we're going to have a squid squat battle? <laughs> Um, no, it's still like, again, going back I'll to, race you, you know, there. <laughs> cutscene run away, <laughs> going back to like the level of, you know, polish, um, you know, the fact that, uh, the, every character you can interact with every character, um, there's, there's attention has been paid to like some of the smallest details and whether you notice it or not, it brings it all together. I don't see this as much of a game so much as a promise for more. Uh, this almost feels like this is a Kickstarter project saying, hey, we love this, we did this, we're done with it. But if you want more, you should let us know. And it's like, $2 is fairly cheap, you know, to test and cast your vote on that. And the good news to uh, us as, you know, people that enjoyed Squidlet, they're working on a second game right now called Super Squidlet, which uh, nice. supposedly is going to have more levels, have uh, different enemies. Hopefully. Uh, she's started uh, posting on her Twitter account showing how there's going to be different types of uh, well, mostly hundreds upon hundreds of squidlets uh, because apparently she loved drawing them ever since, uh, like it looked like almost 9-10 uh, years ago but then started showing like different types of uh, enemies or different types of uh, squidlets that wore different hats and stuff like that and honestly like, if they could give me like a 3 hour version of this game for like 20 bucks, I'm in uh, you know, take your time, yep, take whatever yep. you need. Just, yeah, you know, three hours would make me super happy. It'd be the longest Game Boy game in, you know, gaming history. I understand. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do this. I'll work with you here. The suspension of, you know, disbelief at this point. It's kind of like the ratio of like, when we're looking at the ratio of time to money, um, I feel like what you're asking for is very similar to what Katana Zero was. Katana right. Zero in, in, in all aspects was not a very long game. But for the no, experience, it was, it was short. Yeah, but for the experience and for the price that you paid, I feel like, and you, I think we both agree, the experience of that game was well worth that price. And I'd happily pay twenty dollars to get an, ex, you know, a continuation of that game. And you know, same concept, except uh, you know, we were contacted by Squidlet, and it turned out we stumbled across something cute and adorable, and it had the, the right kind of vibes. Honestly, if they wanted to. You know, uh, the, the main uh, purpose was to make it look like a Game Boy game. If they wanted the upgrade to the Game Boy Color game, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say. say no either. Uh, but also, I'm not one to tell people what to do. But I, I, I've gotten used to and spoiled and a little selfish by some modern uh, affordances and some color would be nice. But I'll still play whatever comes next. Right. I mean, you and I paid, played Pokemon Red and Blue. So, I mean, for me, it was Pokemon Yellow. So there was like two extra uh, pixels it was Pokemon of color Yellow here for me. There. Yeah. Okay, so it's like, we were happy with the design choices and all that stuff. If you want to, you know, add a little bit more color to it, if that's too much work, that's fine. Uh, just, you know, give me maybe like a some kind of Mega Man shooter style mechanic, just a different kind of mechanic <laughs> besides run and right. jump. I uh, would have preferred if there was, there's a couple of good enemies that had different mechanics or different purposes. Like you said, the uh, little clay snake thing that you lured over to uh, switches to get right, you through certain parts of Right, I forgot about that, yeah. That was that was a fun mechanic. That took some figuring out. Like it, not, not like it took me a long time. It wasn't super difficult. But then, that that puzzle because I also grew up on playing like Prince of Persia, 
uh, the original yeah. trilogy, and, the, and like it's similar to like God of War style. It's a lot of puzzle solving in between the combats, and I'm like, this is a cool puzzle. Um, and I wish there was a little bit more of it. So, uh, again, right. going back to the length of the game and you saying that um, this is kind of like a, a, a teaser for what's to come. I agree with the, I, I agree with that um, train of thought because, uh, I, as I've said, this is very much complete package. But then also leading into what Tyler said with it being uh, a teaser, I do see this as like a potential or like a springboard for what could possibly happen and if we could have like a longer game with more galaga with more puzzles with more like jumping into like books to solve and fight bosses i'm down bring your equivalent of king did today back I, I would love to see squat squat god emperor make a return maybe not as a villain maybe it's uh squat squat you know flies around and you're on its back trying to defend off enemies as you try to Ooh, save off squid the squad real and villain squidlet team up Mm. I mean, it's happened before. Uh, another thing I noticed is she likes to draw a lot of squidlets. They almost look like Puyo Puyo characters, like uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine or uh, Kirby's Avalanche, those kind of games. Or, you know, if you know the game genre, Puyo Puyo, which was basically right, right. a puzzle game where combining different colors together in a puzzle and whatnot. And that also is cute. But they proved... <laughs> that they can do uh, different genres out of the blue, so I mean, it's not completely unreasonable to have that, you know, just an arcade out of Squitlet milk bar or something like that. Right. Actually, I don't know <laughs> if Squitlets drink milk. Do Squitlets drink milk? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Um, I, mean, I know there's like a pods. cafe in one of the cities. Mm. I don't know what they were drinking, though. I don't know if they're drinking coffee. I can't I think, remember. I, th I think it was coffee. Was it? So uh, if there's so. coffee, if there's coffee, then by logic, you could assume that there is milk or creamers of some kind. Hmm. <laughs> Who's to say? I think uh, I think there's a lot that is uh, expected about this game. The game itself was a great game if it was meant to be a platformer for future titles of uh, a longer and more diverse length. I think this was a great test ground for Squidlet Inc. LLC. I just realized uh, it's Squidlet Inc. I N K, not I N C. It's not incorporated. <laughs> Uh, that got me. That got me. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the music, though, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, the music, just... You don't even have to change it. Just port it over to the next game. That's fine. You know, if you want to add more, sure, please. Uh, but you did great with what you had right there. And I think... Uh, I think uh, for all the marks that it tried to hit, uh, the game hit them all. I, they said they wanted to make a retro game that was a platformer that was cute and was cuddly. It was finally those splitlets finally coming to life, and they did, magnificently. And I hope to see more of these titles. Yeah, and um, also to help out uh, my boy Tyler here, if you just wanted to like not make games and just make music, I think you'd be okay with that too. So that's wow. how good the music was. <laughs> okay, let's say that's no, a bit no. of a backhand. No, I'm I'm just saying the music was so good. I like I really enjoyed that I music, know. especially in the castle. That if you I, just I want to make a soundtrack. About. Ooh. Oh yeah, put out a soundtrack. I'd buy that up. Okay, so big brain here. You know, make us <laughs> make a soundtrack. Sell that as like a, like, I would suggest even a Kickstarter at this point. Say, hey, here's this game. If you chip in five bucks, here's this game for free. Ten bucks. You know, here's the OST. You know, just for Super Squidler or something like. Because there's so many opportunities to be had with this. It, they <laughs> it, it is the Kirby of its time being recreated, and I I really think that uh, Squidler has something to offer. 
But uh, I think that's going to be it, unless you have any final thoughts that you want to lay on it. No, I, uh, just to wrap up everything, music great, um, details great, uh, felt polished, felt complete. Um, I had a good time, I had a fun time playing it, uh, playing this little game, and it was very cute, especially that snake thing. Could I get it in a plushie, please? Thank you. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you can find somebody on Etsy with uh, Alex's permission, of course, but sure, yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be it. Squitlet, great game. Super Squitlet coming out uh, to be announced. If you want to check out more of their work, they are at, I believe it is called Super Squitlet. Yeah, and uh, TBA is specifically for the uh, Switch, right? Uh, oh, no, sorry, sorry, I, sorry. My bad. You said Super Squidlet. I heard Squidlet, and I'm like, but that's already out. Never mind. Carry on, Tyler. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, Super Squidlet is the uh, the Twitter profile at Super Squidlet. Uh, super, S-Q-U-I-D-L-I-T. And if you want to check out the game and give it a shot themselves and see what the all the, the ink is about... Uh, you can find uh, Squitlet for $2 uh, in U.S. dollars, either on PC or on Switch. Now give it a shot yourself, see if, uh, if it's your taste. I think it is. I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's a nice, cute, you know, lunch break game, and I think, I think it's worth it. Anyways, that was Nick, this is Tyler, that was Casual Master Quest review of Squidlet, and thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time, and don't forget to never stop the grind. Till next time, guys. Bye-bye.